Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, sir, my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, greetings, and welcome to Gatecast episode 150, which I suppose is a milestone of sorts, covering season 7, episode 19, because we were awkward and covered the two-part episode in one, but unlike the two-part episode we recorded in one go last week. Mike? Give me a second while I follow your explanation of why it's, it's 150 and not 151. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Gatecast. Yeah, it's a bloody miracle we're here. We're recording this off the back of the launch of the gatecast.co.uk website, <laughs> the new RSS feed, and the discovery that it seems our hosting service does not support iTunes anymore, which, when you get right down to it, was what triggered all this idea of moving and beautifying the website in the first place. I did point this out to their support. Yeah. Thanks to my voice over IP provider, I can be on to an American number during the day for half an hour, and it costs me less than the equivalent of your British 50p. Not bad at all. Yep. Even if I do have to sit at a computer to do it. Yes, me sitting at a computer. Oh, what sweet torture. <laughs> he said playing with his Captain America toy. You're always fiddling with something, Alan. Sorry? Nothing. Carry on. You, know, you literally broke up there. That's not fair. I actually didn't hear it. I said you were, you're always fiddling with something. Yeah, but not usually while I'm recording, you know. I can fiddle with a bag of cola bottles. Uh, happy person lose. I got T-shirts from Cafe Press. T-shirt one is black, has a green power button symbol on it. Underneath is written, have you tried turning it off and back on again? <laughs> T-shirt two is green, has a picture of a cat poking its head out of the box, and the legend written around it is, wanted, dead or alive, Schrodinger's cat. Oh. <laughs> and... T-shirt 3 is a particular shade of blue with the text of a Windows stop error on the front of it. So you're all set. Are you sensing a theme? Just a little one. Yeah, well, the problem is if I weren't traveling and I, considering I'd have 50% off uh, T-shirts thing, which actually made it worth my while buying the T-shirts, I probably would have bought about 20. <laughs> I showed it to my friend Annika. She's like, I want all the T-shirts. They should do a subscription where you actually get a T-shirt sent a new one every week or every day? No, 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 stop. Don't even put the idea in my <laughs> feckin' head. No, the company should do that, a subscription service. Well, you see, Quirty do the equivalent. They just pop up on Facebook every 24 hours and say, look, here's another T-shirt. <laughs> and it's only available for a day. The thing with Cafe Press is it discourages impulse buying because their T-shirts tend to stay up there for months. Yeah. So your uh, poster bullet to the head has no Stargate alumni in it and nothing to actually do with the show. You mean Jason Momoa isn't part of Stargate? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I, my brain is firmly lodged in season one, or in, rather, you know, the first. Yeah, the original team. Yes. Come try ya! Time for some Gatecast news. On the home front, no definite word on iTunes listing as of yet. We will let you know when this is sorted out. In fact, we'll make a bloody song and dance about it. Honest. Alan is back and we've recorded the final two proper episodes of the seventh season of SG-1. So our next session will be the wrap-up show. If you fancy joining us over Skype, let us know pronto. 
We normally record on a Tuesday evening, UK time. The Season 7 poll is doing very well. It'll be closing soon, as we are close to recording the wrap-up show, as mentioned. And we'll be using the results to pad out, uh, I mean, complement our discussion. On the general news front, it's reported that Amanda Tapping will be joining the cast of Supernatural for a recurring role in the upcoming 8th season. Also, Paul McGillian is interviewed on the Life After Trek podcast, episode 21. Links in the show notes. On the feedback front, we have some comments from our Heroes Part 2 Facebook thread. Do we have any... It's been for weeks, we must have some bloody feedback. Well, I've put the feedback we've been getting into the episodes that have been released while Alan's been on vacation. We have got some feedback for last week's episode on the Facebook page. 54 members. Yeah, I added three members while I was away. I know you did. <laughs> we have, ooh, seven comments on Heroes Part 2. Yeah, they went nuts on the Heroes Part 1, or at least the photos of Heroes Part 1. Right, Thomas said, I just noticed the designation of the planet, P3X666, a little foreshadowing. Nothing is by accident, smiley. Miles at Thomas, I noticed that too. Fantastic two-parter, it's easy to hate the press and call them bad guys, but Sol Rubinek had me sympathising even agreeing with him to a degree. Obviously there's times when not to try to get a shot or a comment, however I agree with him about freedom of the press and what happens when the military and government try to control it. It's interesting here that even General Hammond liked what the film crew did admit to being wrong. Love seeing Robert Cardo's character and it took my breath away when Janet got killed. Wasn't ready for it. A fantastic, well-written episode. Because that paragraph was longer than I thought. <laughs> Thomas replied, So, just went and looked at a brief synopsis for each episode this season. I have to say this season was a beast of a season. I can only say that there are 18 fantastic episodes here. Trying to pick one is difficult. In which he then said, Honestly, all the good episodes, just four, I could have done without and it would have been the perfect season. I replied, there might be something to reduce budgets and time constraints, encouraging creativity. Related to Thomas's post, he is, of course, talking about the Season 7 poll as well, which last few weeks on that, if you haven't voted yet... I haven't. You haven't voted yet? When the bloody hell did I get a chance to vote? It's the internet! I was barely online. <laughs> In that case, then, within the hour, we should have 57 votes. <laughs> you know, I didn't cop Sal Rubinek, even when we were recording Heroes. Until I got back and watched the first episode of Warehouse 13, episode four, uh, season four. What? I thought, oh, it's him. Yeah. Well, actually, no. I'll tell you when I copped him. When I actually saw him in the panel. I thought you might have copped it when I said Sol Rubinek, who's been in Warehouse 13. No, I wasn't listening. I don't listen to you when I say this. Or sometimes you break up and I, I just did the audio good and smiling and nodding. Come try ya! That's the news and feedback. Now time for a mini review of Shell Game from Big Finish who produce audio drama for many a genre favourite. Shell Game is the third release in the first season of Stargate Stories. It is a SG-1 feature and deals with Vala Maldoran and her ability to drop herself in it and Daniel Jackson's burden to attempt to pull her out of the mess she has made, with varying degrees of success. The story was written by James Swallow, who can be found on Twitter at JMSwallow, and he has an impressive resume of writing for many forms of media in and around the science fiction genre. In the story, we find Valor in a prison cell and she relates the events which led up to her imprisonment to Daniel, who has come to negotiate her fair treatment under this world's law and to protect a fragile diplomatic negotiation as the Ori threat is very real during the galaxy, as portrayed in Season 10. Valor, performed by Claudia Black, as in the TV series itself, tells the story of an audacious attempt to seduce her way into the graces of a warlord and steal a valuable ancient artefact. Of course, the story she tells is not exactly the whole truth, and as she talks to Daniel, played once again by Michael Shanks, it becomes apparent only the truth, fueled by her guilt and her own consciousness, 
will set her free, and even then there are no guarantees. Shell game is a lot of fun, simply because Valor is a lot of fun. Claudia brings a playfulness and deceptive intelligence to this performance, just as she did on screen, and the chemistry between Valor and Daniel carries on within James's script. The short-form narrative, as with the previous Big Finish title I listened to, is well suited to a listener, viewer, looking for content, which fits into the established TV episode length. The runtime for this story is roughly 70 minutes, but it feels like a TV episode, and I guess the fans of the show are looking for that feeling via these stories. Overconfidence. Do you know, if I have a character flaw, I think that could be it. The Gold have quite a lot of swear words. I used one of them. I had it in my hand, right there. But it was heavier than it looked, and I admit it, I was a little dazzled. Then my brain caught up, and I did the running thing. You can find these Stargate audiobooks and other stories from the likes of Blake 7 and Doctor Who at bigfinish.com. Now back to the show. Never thought to yourself, I'd like to listen to a Star Trek podcast. That's different. I'm ready to irradiate your existing brain cells. Oh, how about one with an English host? T-Hellgrey Hot. Or a news section. Accessing library computer data. Or one that can help you navigate for the latest Star Trek news. Can anyone remember when we used to be explorers? Well, not quite. But track news and views will bring you the latest news with either review or discussion from a wide variety of co-hosts. Oh my. Don't accept anything less. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. Track news and views. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on the Trek FM website. Other similar podcasts are but to be discouraged. Anyway, if we're a tree, if you're ready. Yep. If we're a tree, if we're a dog, if we're a hen, clicky. Fade to black, fade in on warehouse. Yes. In Los Angeles, apparently. Why do I sense NID? <laughs> this is one. Big, big, big camera shot. That's a hell of a crane. That's one hell of a crane with a steady cam operator standing on the crane. Oh dear God. Because right now he steps off the crane and starts to follow Agent Barrett. How many takes did this take? They didn't say in the commentary. Major Carter, Dr. Jackson, Teal, glad you could make it. Agent Barrett? Now Sam looks a bit awkward there. We've seen Agent Barrett before, paid by Peter Fleming. Mm-hmm. Guess he didn't fancy Amanda, which is why he's still alive. <laughs> there was a bit of flirtatious interplay when he first introduced. Mm-hmm. Love the hat, Tilk. <laughs> That's convenient. Still haven't got them all? No, not by a long shot, Major. Their ties run deep. They seem to have infinite resources at their disposal. You see in the car in the background, strategically placed in a bright patch of sunlight, which was disturbing the camera. At approximately 0800 hours this morning, we intercepted a 911 call. We moved in just after local authorities arrived. We've been in lockdown mode ever since. Wait a minute, something from a top secret, not to mention the illegal NID operation called 911. It got real ugly. Come on. That's a lot of bodies. I really don't remember this one at all. I didn't until about 20 minutes in, and then something happened, and I went, oh yes. Oh dear. Thus far, we've counted 32 casualties, which includes a six man security contingent. Who would do this? And for what reason? Actually, we know who did it. As for why. You know who did this? Yeah. And there goes Andy Wilson, who's playing a dead guy. 
And who's Andy Wilson? Second Unit Director of Photography. Open it. No, surely not. What? Sweet, innocent-looking little thing like that. Killed all those blokes. Never. Yeah, it's not like that's happened before. <laughs> no. I never under- underestimate the book by the cover when it comes to gourds and whatnot. Yes, and more so a point, what the hell is Daniel doing there? Ring Jack. Jack knows how to deal with things like that. Daniel gets emotionally invested. Jack's having a week off. <laughs> or more to the point, Richard Dean Anderson's having a week off. When, when is he not? Yeah. Resurrection, Season 7, Episode 19, The Gatecast, Episode 150. Mm-hmm. Written by Michael Shanks. Directed by Amanda Tapping. At its premiere, February the 17th in the UK. The US broadcast it February the 27th. Australia, October the 6th. <laughs> Canada, January the 13th, 2005. <laughs> Shows with the same title. Big Deep Breath. Smallville, Alias, DS9, CSI Miami, 11th Hour, Hercules, Legend of the Seeker, Regenesis and Sequest. Yes. Videotapes. I don't know, videotapes. At first we thought she was a survivor, and then we found this. Lots of videotapes. This is 2004. DVD did exist. Recordable DVD. Mm. Yeah, well, on CD-ROM at least, video disc. Yeah, not exactly a lot of capacity on a CD-ROM, is there? Sitting, that, that hand gesture is very Rodney McKay, the way he's posing. Yeah. You put her in the cell? Yeah, she said that's where they kept her. We locked her up there after we found the security tapes. We didn't want to take any chances. Who is she? We're not sure yet. She's been printed. Just running her through the system. Any other survivors? Yeah, one. A scientist named Kefler. We're holding him upstairs. So far, he hasn't been very talkative. Come on, let me show you why I called you guys down here. What, apart from other dead bodies? <laughs> That's pretty damning evidence, isn't it, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the fact that they know it's a rogue NID operation. Ooh, shiny things. Ooh, lots of shiny things. Daniel, all excited. Wow. Yes, as you can tell from his highly enthusiastic, <laughs> wow. Yes. Can you emote more, Mr. Shanks, please? <laughs> this indicates it belonged to Sekhmet. Who was that? A gold who at one time was loyal to Ra. Well, we know she was a powerful ally of his. Given that Agent Barrett knows who Tia is, why is he still wearing the hat? Because he was driving through the middle of uh, Los Angeles in a car. You could take the hat off. Although the hat seems to have tilted back enough to show the symbol. I imagine in certain parts of Los Angeles, tilt wouldn't look out of place anyway. <laughs> from what I can gather, it may have come from the Germans. The Germans? The background that I have on Kefler says that he's the son of a convicted Nazi war criminal. I guess we really shouldn't be that surprised. Rogue ID really have no limits, do they? See if there's anything else you can tell me about this stuff. I'm surprised that Tilk was able to identify these symbols. I mean, how much history lessons are first primes given? Especially with dead system lords. Just thought you might want to watch a master of interrogation at work. <laughs> you calling someone special? Even Amanda commented on how tight her pants were in that shot. <laughs> Dr. Keffler. I mean, she's a director. If she didn't want us to see a backside, then we wouldn't have seen it. I missed it. You know, he probably... What are you crinkling? Sorry, I'll stop shortly. Whatever you're doing, open it up quickly. 
Anton. This is Dr. Keffler, played by Brad Greenquist, the American actor. Gasp. Well, Greenquist, I imagine, is more uh, Scandinavian. <laughs> this was an off-the-books NID operation, which means you technically don't exist, which means no phone calls, no lawyers. Hell, I don't even have to read your rights. To make matters worse for you, the people behind this operation are all in jail. Nobody to bail you out. He's been in Ringer, Bones, NCIS, Heroes, Enterprise, Voyager and DS9. So very much a genre character actor. Look, do you really think that we are going to let you walk away from this? 32 people are dead. Believe it or not, I do feel bad about that. Some of them were not quite as incompetent as the others. Unfortunately, the bad ones always ruin it for everyone, don't they? The daft thing is that uh, he actually quit smoking a year before shooting this. Well, I'm assuming he's doing it, Bill Clinton. Well, they're actually herbal cigarettes. Smoking, once you've quit, more than about three or four weeks, isn't about the nicotine, it's about the habit. Don't think you're safe. Read the papers, Agent Barrett. No one is safe these days. My pills? I seem to recall a bomb. Strangely enough, that is when I remembered what was happening. <laughs> when he showed that little remote thing? That's not 20 minutes in. When they showed the bomb. <laughs> yeah. As soon as the remote popped up, my brain went, bomb. Well, it's a big remote control. If he said, oh, it's my garage door opener, that made sense. He's going for a Kinsey level of uh, sliminess, but he's not quite getting it. Guy's not one you're going to intimidate anyway. He's quite happy to play the game. It's Nitro. Says he has a bad heart. I'd say an x-ray would confirm a total absence. I don't know. I think he's starting to crack. Well, the guy was colder than Hannibal Lecter in there. Still, obviously no match for a master interrogator. I didn't see you get all Clarice Sterling on his ass. I didn't want to step on your toes. Come on, I got one more thing to show you. There's more? Trust me, I'm saving the best for last. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Dad. Yes, would you like to see my etchings? I'm glad you broke up on that statement, because frankly, I don't even want to know what it was. Someone switch the lights on, please. No, they're doing a CSI style thing. CSI Miami, one of the sunniest places on the continental United States, and yet they still manage to crawl around with torches a lot. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, creepy. Was this post-Alien 4? I think that was about mid-90s, wasn't it? Yeah, so they could reuse some of the props. They look like partially developed fetuses. They don't look human to me. Failed experiments of some kind? What kind is the question? He's only opening one drawer. I assume the other drawers are filled with equally grotesque things which they didn't have the prop budget for. Well, thankfully that drawer was at the right height for the camera to see right between them. Mm Mm-hmm. Amanda said that's exactly the shot she wanted when she read the script. That's an early flat screen. It's not very flat, but it's flat So have you been? Busy, yeah? Busy. You know, I never properly thanked you for that memo on Woolsey. Well, maybe we could go out for dinner sometime. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not getting subtitles. I'm not sure what he said. Just asked her out for dinner. It's just that I'm seeing someone right now. Really? You? Hmm. You asked me out. How exactly are you watching this if you're not getting subtitles? I have the audio faint in the background. Turn the audio up then. I won't be able to hear your dulcet tones. Most of the artifacts are related in some way to Sekhmet. Ooh, pussycat. There we go. Oh, it wasn't 20 minutes in, it was about 10 minutes in. No, I mean, it's it's interesting stuff, but... uh, No, not not really. Uh, What's this? It would appear to be an arc. 
Ordained in the gold motif of Ra, the sun god. Possibly a, a gift to Sekhmet. An orc. Oh, I'm sure you'll put that music bit in without me prompting you. <laughs> Some sort of combination lock. So it would seem. Yeah, let's fiddle with the art. No, no, not exactly. Okay, look, there's about five symbols on each twiddly bit. There's four twiddly bits. That's only 120 combinations. It shouldn't take that long to work out. I mean, let's face it, after they learn now not to fiddle with things that they're not quite sure what they are. Yes, but then we'd have no dramatic tension. Oh, that's true. Um, me. Would you get a knack for this type of thing? Oh, bit of lightning. If I disappear... <laughs> are you ahead of me? It's just ducking under the bar. No, I said there's a bit of lightning here. Uh. If I disappear... Ah, right. I was wondering. I'm sorry, you, you, you understand where I thought you were referencing the episode? Well, yeah, it was very... Uh, coming out of the darkness, wasn't it? Very menacing, considering it's Daniel. I'm surprised you can't hear that rain in the background. <laughs> Bucketing down. Actually, I kind of can. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Daniel Jackson. This cage was originally meant to be made out of plexiglass. Unfortunately, when they record they're going to set a fire later in the episode, they decided to make it out of actual glass. And then you got all the problems with, you know, reflections, the camera were picking up. Mm-hmm. And that great big metal bar in the middle, because they couldn't have a sheet of glass that big to cover it all. I'm sure they could make a sheet of glass that big, but production costs probably didn't allow for it. Yeah, you don't really want to work with a piece of glass that big, especially when it's going to go in four walls. Look, I know you don't know me and you have no reason to trust me, but... I want to help you. Before I do that, I need to know a few things first. I need to know who you are. What's happened to you? Why, why you're here in a cell like this? Do you even understand me? I didn't kill those people. So she does speak English. And no reason to assume that she didn't at this point. Yes, and at what point will her eyes flash? I seem to recall an eye flash. Please, you have to believe me. It wasn't me. You evil son of a bitch, Daniel. This is brutal, but it does make you the point. Anna is played by Kristen Dalton, mm-hmm. American actress, and I was racking my brains trying to remember where I'd seen her before, and then it clicked. She was in the Dead Zone the first couple of seasons. Uh. It was the red hair that kept niggling at me. Also been in CSI New York and earlier Seven Days in Sliders. Ah, uh, Seven Days. I miss Seven Days. Who is it? I don't know. Okay, where were you when this was happening? If the person in the tape isn't you, where were you? What were you, what were you doing? I don't remember. Oh, dear. Who? No, no, it's her. The reason I probably can't hear your rain is I can hear wind whistling outside my own window and the tree doing the interestingly bendy things. <clears throat> Who's Dr. Keffler? He's the one who made me. Made you do what? Oh, made you. <laughs> she says that Kefler made her. What the hell does that mean? Some sort of genetic research. Oh, she's over 20 years old. The operation hasn't been going on that long. Well, we know the Asgard can rapidly grow a human clone, but... Area 51 has a sample of gold nanite technology from the planet Argos. It can also rapidly grow a human with the ability to learn very quickly, and the Rogan ID would have had access to that. There we go, Sam. Let's face it, the amount of technology they have actually discovered and brought back to Earth, which conveniently always goes missing. Yes. They've got more moles at Area 51 than the SGC. Than, you know, it's an incomplete analogy. Everybody knew what I meant. The NID have cloned a gold symbiote before. Right, of, of course, you could be cloned. So there could be more than one of her. How, how well have you searched this facility? Top to bottom. I better put an APB out to local authorities. 
Have you seen this girl? There could be more than one of her. You mean twins? Maybe. Triplets? Maybe. You know, that's something I never actually watched, that Sarah Michelle Gellar series. I watched it until they took a break, and then I couldn't be bothered to go back to it. I decided to start recording Terra Nova again purely to see if giving up on it the first time was a good idea. But tonight is a show I'll watch more or less as broadcast, which is the newsroom. You ever had a birthday? Oh, she's only had one birthday. No, a birthday, um, cake with candles on it, funny hats, pintail and donkey, that kind of thing. He gave me this paper and some new charcoal. Who, Dr. Keffler? He always gave me paper, but once, once he said it was my birthday. Just once. Nice. He gave her paper and charcoal to draw. So the pictures she actually draws mean something. Mm. Considering she's never been anywhere but this cage, ask yourself, has she got a really overactive imagination or does these Egyptian-style symbols mean something? Imagination needs the base of something. Oceans. The sun. But you've never experienced them firsthand. A few more days with Daniel. She'll be drawing you. What about these? There's a woman, you know, she feels the need to decorate. Those are the things I see in my dreams. <laughs> Scary dreams. Mm. Flashes. They just come to me. They mean anything to you? Just they scare me. If they scare you so much, why do you hang them up everywhere? I don't want them there. He hurts me if I take them down. They're important to him. Yes, Dr. Keffler. That's a fly. Oh, scarab beetle. The scarab. You have any more with one of those on it? Maybe on an arc? <laughs> What's an arc? <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah, because this is a good idea. I got it. It's one of Anna's sketches. I think it's a combination to open the arc. The combination is not that complex. It's only a box, isn't it? It's a little safe. What could be dangerous about a little safe? That. Okay, the Nazis got it all wrong when they opened the ark, but, ah, uh, well. And that's just a fancy uh, Simon, if you recall that little electronic toy. Yes. Cougar Town featured it in the last season, I believe. I haven't seen the last season. Have you? Oh. Can we just do that? I do not believe so. It was activated some time ago. <laughs> I've got to pitch her out to local authorities. If there's a second girl out there that looks like her, we'll find her. A tall redhead. With complete access. Nice work. Oh, dear. The files seem to document recent work going back over three years. Recent work? The artifacts go all the way back to Napoleon. The Nazis eventually recovered them. Nazis! Ooh, that's not good. Yay. Yeah, it's definitely not good. <laughs> they found a canopic jar. That's even worse. <laughs> it's a vessel containing a preserved symbiote. Kefler spliced human ovum with DNA taken from a Gould. The girl's a human-Gould hybrid. The Gould pass on their knowledge genetically. They were trying to create a human who could tell them everything a Gould would know. They didn't want to wait, either. They got their nanite technology from Area 51. So they could make her grow up quickly. It took them 45 failures before they finally got it right. You can call off that APB. There's only one of her. According to this... We're treading into mad scientist realm, aren't we? Yes, so the question we have to ask is, where's the Igor? Unfortunately, he didn't get away. He's dead in the basement. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Igor is always having an escape plan. I was just going to say, perhaps he realised the way the wind was blowing and legged it. <laughs> he tortured the poor girl. Mm. Sensory deprivation, electrocution. Would you Carter? Well, let's face it, these aren't good guys, but then again, the rewards, do you actually support this sort of experiment? That could explain her behaviour and why she doesn't know what she's done. The Ark is a bomb. What? what? The Ark is, in fact, a gold explosive device. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dilk. We figured out what bomb meant. And we have some choral dramatic background music. So why are they still there? Run away. <laughs> and Amanda said, How interesting. That was the only reason she chose to film in that room, so she could shoot through this mesh. Uh-huh. Nothing I do to you could make up for what you've done here. Agent Barrett. Listen to her, Agent Barrett. Even though all the the prep crew said, do not film in this room. Mm-hmm. It was too small and the floor was too uneven. She solved that by putting a new floor down. <laughs> Amanda was taking her first directorial role very, very seriously. Yeah. I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> now I have a mental image of Amanda in leather with a whip. Yeah, I think it worked. It's not actually that difficult to picture considering some of the uh, outfits she wore in Sanctuary. How does that make sense? Your problem, Agent Barrett, one among many, I must point out, is that you see her as a girl. Look, if you're going to try to give us some moral justification for what's going on... Please, Major, I know that you have helped orchestrate the death of ghouls before, assassinated them in cold blood, in fact, without regard for the life of the human host. I didn't create the problem. Neither did I. I am merely trying to help solve it. I'm thinking Amanda dressed as the vampire Willow. Hmm. He's being honest, but let's face it, there's no compassion there at all. Well, no, hence, hence the unsubtle reference to the Nazis. Oh, yeah, I mean, the SG-1 have killed their fair share of hosts, mm. and at the moment she is really just another version of a host. But at this point, she's done nothing wrong. I'm sorry, I've forgotten what it was. Why set the bomb and stick around? Anna did not set that bomb. Then who did? The Gould. Here it comes. Segment. Wait a minute, she doesn't have a snake inside of her, right? <laughs> it's something we didn't expect. Isn't that always the case? Separate and distinct personality. Is he playing that gay? The way he's holding the cigarette. The way he's holding the cigarette, the way he's got the hip cocked, the way he's got one hand in the pocket. No, no, he's a European. <laughs> this is the way a lot of North Americans see certain Europeans. As gay. Probably, yes. <laughs> I only know that it emerges and speaks as a unique entity. We have witnessed it with a growing frequency. Anna has no awareness to her. It is as if she is uh, blacked out. Okay, so the ghoul personality comes out, goes on a rampage, sets the bomb. But can't stay in control of the body long enough to finish what she was doing. He's very much like the mad scientist in Fringe, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Yes, which I'm refusing to watch any of until it actually appears over here. Mainly to unsubscribe from about half the people I follow on Twitter. She was going to blackmail you with the bomb. (laughs) Oh, the psyche is so simple, isn't it? So single-minded. It's truly fascinating to behold. You've always got to admire the system lords are actually gold. Yes. They know how to put the squeeze on. Can you? She is the experiment, I am the observer. Still, the gold personality didn't go do something like this on a whim. You led her to believe that you have the power to give her control of her life. And I'll bet you did it so she would tell you what you want to know. 
how to save us all, Major. I'm not the only one who wants to know. So that's a no, then. Mm-hmm. Well, this has worked before with the System Lord when Simmons got hold of one, but uh, that was more of quid pro quo rather than blackmail. Yes, plus it was John Delancey being slimy, and eventually a ghoul. They're all he was born to play. <laughs> They're more like me? Uh, well, not exactly. He was, um, he was born of two gold hosts. We call a child like that a harcesis. What happened to him? He was saved by a very powerful being. This scene was nicknamed the confessional, with Daniel being the priest and uh, Anna being the supplicant. Mm-hmm. With the mesh between them, it does actually look... Confessionally. ...religious overtones. Yes, well, the only confessionals I've seen on TV recently have been in Rescue Me, so not unduly religious overtones. Can I be saved like him? Maybe. I doubt it. That's it, Daniel. Give her hope, then rip it away. Will you help us shut this bomb off? I don't know how. (laughs) How? Don't you? You knew how to open the ark. It was in your drawings. <laughs> Draw more. I don't remember turning it on. I know. But somewhere inside your mind is the answer. And I can help you find it. Pity they didn't have cameras down in the storeroom. Mm-hmm. You think they would? Well, they are paranoid, let's face it. Oh, hey, Dr. Bill. According to these readings, there's a ten-pound block of naquita in this thing. Oh, dear. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> That's going to make a big bang. <laughs> well, it's a bomb, right? I mean, usually it's not a good thing when they go off. <laughs> Bit of an understatement. From what I know of Goald weaponry, that would be unwise. <laughs> it may have a sensor that would detect such an action. Yeah, I, I don't even want to go there. Let's, uh... <laughs> Let's see if we can disarm it here first. <laughs> Most human bombs have tremblers, so it's not <laughs> a reach. You know... When push comes to shove, as we've seen before, Dr. Bill Lee always is up for it, isn't he? Mm. How big is Orange County? You're kidding, right? Do I, do I look like a practical joker to you? Did you say 50 or 60? You spoke over him there, I didn't hear him. 50 or 60 what? The blast radius. The images just come to me. I draw them. I don't know what they mean. Just relax. Amanda complained about this drawing after the fact. She said it looks like the Egyptian McDonald's. <laughs> and here we get one scene where she's actually using the reflection in the glass rather than trying to avoid it. I was trying to find Lee's reference in the uh, transcript and I I'd already clicked into next week's, which is why I couldn't. <laughs> I want to help you. I don't want to hurt you. After I help you? It's not like that. We have to shut this bomb off. How many birthdays have you had? We get the shadows from the mesh in the ceiling with all the overhead lights. The actual warehouse is Terminal City Ironworks, so it is an actual abandoned building. Cool. And all the lighting they put in was actual film lighting. So DP was delighted with that. I heard you're in here. What are you doing? I noticed most of the tapes were labelled Anna. It's not just security video footage, it's actual documentation of the research. Anything useful? No. And Daniel's holding a blue video case. There was hundreds of black ones and half a dozen blue ones, and he picked up the blue one. Mm. Amanda, not entirely happy about it, but wasn't going to shout cut just because of that. Just trying to get as much of the area evacuated as we can. We just don't know how big the blast is going to be. No pressure. 
I'll leave now. No, no pressure. <laughs> We're all gonna die, but no pressure. You know, I'd feel better if you were down there working on the bomb. Dr. Lee is the best we've got for this, and Tilk knows more than I do about gold weapons. Besides, I wanted to see if there was anything more in the research notes that might help. No, I haven't got time. I can only be in so many scenes. Mm -hmm. If we can offer Anna a cure for her condition, she might be more willing to help us. She's been horribly mistreated, and without intervention, she'd have very little hope of survival. Now, at the time they made her, they had no idea what her lifespan was going to be. Based on her current rate of growth, I estimate it can't be more than three years. Can you help her? Possibly. We should at least be able to halt the rapid growth effects of the nanites. Now, I doubt we can unmarry the ghoul DNA from hers, but we may be able to block the knowledge from her conscious mind, stop it from possessing her. We've had some luck with certain drugs in similar situations before. I suppose the fact that you've had similar situations to this shouldn't come as a total shock. The Resurrection was the last episode filmed of the seventh season. The first day of shooting coincided with Amanda's birthday, the 28th of August. Hmm. And one of the issues with being the last recorded is that once it's done, you haven't got any time to do cover shots or extra scenes. So you've got to get everything the allocated shoot. There is a cure, Anna. You can be a normal girl, live a normal life. They really threw her in at the deep end. As she said in the commentary, though, uh, everybody in the cast and crew actually, you know, gave 110%, supported her all the way. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, you try to do what the director wants. Stop this at once, I command you. Now we're getting somewhere. Let me out of here. In due time, freedom can be yours. Do you think I will just tell you the secrets of the Goal? If you want to live... You will not kill me. That's never a good idea for Kefla wanting the chat. And suddenly we're in colour. We were in black and white earlier. Did we get a colour TV down? This is the documentary shots, isn't it? I suppose the security cameras. Kefla is a bit of a narcissist, so he'd probably want it looking its best. Let's focus on the issue at hand, shall we? All the drawings you see were created by James Robbins. He's also the storyboard artist for Amanda. Looks a bit wraith-like on that camera, doesn't she? Yeah, that's better. Mm. See, you've got a choice. You can have a dominant woman or a submissive woman. Which do you prefer? I know her. I know how her mind works. I can get you what you need. Yeah, I've read about your methods. <laughs> <laughs> I will only talk to her. You're welcome to be present the entire time. And what do you want in return? I can't believe that you'd be doing this solely for the greater good. My freedom. Not a chance. I am guilty of nothing more than trying to save this world just like you. We are at war. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I've heard that defense. What choice do you have? How many people will die if that bomb goes off? Let's just say we're considering this. Do you have the authority to offer him immunity? Trust me, no matter what we decide to do, no court is ever going to hear about this. Daniel? You let her out, didn't you? You must be Daniel Jackson. Daniel, what's going on? He can control when the ghoul comes out. It's not just random. He's got himself a little remote control. That's strong language coming from Daniel. <laughs> click on, click off. Yeah. Hmm. Use it to shock her. He can either make the ghoul personality appear or he can kill her with it. Why? 
Are the scientists going to shut down your research, maybe report your little science experiment? You have no proof of that. You use that device to bring out the ghoul personality, then you let her out of her cage. You murdered 32 people. Speculation. You can control her with that. If you didn't want the other scientists dead, why didn't you stop her? Got a soft spot when it comes to uh, females being controlled by Gould. Mm-hmm. Now, you may notice that is the bags under his eyes are getting uh, deeper and deeper as the filming goes along. Yes. That's purely down to the uh, cigarette smoke and being in a small enclosed space. It's not fully enclosed, it's meshed. <laughs> Come on, mate, you know they're going to give up eventually. Mm. Especially when there's a bomb that's going to level Los Angeles. Yeah, no great loss. Doesn't mean the crystals themselves are safe to touch. That is correct. Oh, look, it's still ticking away. Mm. Do you think that's actually from the middle of a DHD from uh, stores? Possibly. Of all the times, Tilt mm. doesn't recognise the inner workings of something. Which of these crystals would control the detonation of this device? Well, blue is typically for power regulation. Indeed. So if we remove the power regulation for the entire control board... The device could explode. <laughs> <laughs> the device could explode. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's not like I was going to pull the yellow one. But if this is a device from the time before Apophis rose to power, mm. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Tilk has no idea what the other one does. When I first heard that, I'm thinking, is that a reference to something? But I couldn't come up with anything. Yeah, because it's only red wire, green wire, isn't it? It wouldn't surprise me if it was a US advert or something at the time. Mm. Okay, so this red crystal seems to control the timer. Now, I should be able to interface with it and hopefully reprogram it. It's fortunate they can interface with crystals so easily. Yes. I seem to recall what happens now is it suddenly accelerates. <laughs> the countdown has begun increasing in speed. What? Did that stop it? Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> Anybody else should be going, it's going faster, it's going faster. <laughs> That's tilt panicking. <laughs> Not well, I take it? Well, no, we just had a little setback. What? Well, I was trying to interface with one of the control crystals. The time until detonation is now less than two hours. Did they look guilty? Okay. Well, let's hope that Dr. Jackson is having better luck. <laughs> yes, we haven't got time to pussyfoot around. We have two hours. Warm up the chopper. We're leaving in an hour and 50 minutes. They're trying to evacuate as many people as possible, but if that bomb goes off, people are still going to die. Including us? And we have a helicopter standing by to get us to a safe distance if it comes to that. I'm hoping it doesn't because a lot of others won't have that luxury. I've been trying. I can't see anything. And you've got to admire the work the DP did on this episode. You know, the huge art lights in the ceiling, just to light this scene. Indeed. Strong shadows. How? It's a long story, but the point is, I was able to access certain lost memories by meditating. A friend of mine showed me how to do it. Now, I think that can help you. Daniel goes for the uh, empathizing. Oh, crap. 44 tweets. One of them might be directed at us. <laughs> Unfortunately not for good reason there's a tweet from Michael Clark who is actually talking to Colin just heard your feedback on the gatecast just brilliant have to agree if you can't kiss in your dreams when can you and that's of course in reference to Grace mm-hmm. you may not appreciate this Daniel but how about strapping her down and zapping her with electrodes it worked before oh just strapping her down you'll have all sorts of fun then yes <laughs> I get the impression that segment would definitely come out then <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. Yep, 42 minutes, 15 seconds and counting. Right, I'll check back. Thanks. 
We got ten city blocks in each direction fully evacuated. That's nowhere near enough. Ten city blocks. How big is a block in American terms? Quarter mile? Something like that? I'm not sure how large a city block is. You didn't isolate the gene that carries the goal of genetic knowledge. We didn't have time to sequence the entire strand. The goal was to get the intelligence major, not to create a viable living organism. I don't understand. The way he blended the DNA. Shocker, a scientist didn't do all the work. He just did enough to get the result he wanted. Mind you, we're criticising him. Loki did exactly the same when he was cloning humans. Yep. A horrible, painful death. There's no cure, there is no way to save her, that was just another lie. I placed a capsule of biotoxin at the base of her brain. The remote device will activate it. I did this to prevent any undue suffering when the time came. How humane of you. How good of you. No, you did that probably because you didn't want to hear her screaming in agony and it'd put you off having your dinner. I doubt that would put you off having his dinner. If anything, it'd probably increase his enjoyment of the meal. It might be a way to uh, kind of get rid of that test subject without arising the suspicion of other scientists. Hmm. Uh, you see a doorway. Go to that door and open it. How does he get the thing open to put a candle in there? Well, he opened the door. She's human, so she ain't going to try to rush him. Oh, it doesn't look easily open. That metal bar going out has got a lock on it. The red light on the metal bar going across mm-hmm. it, that's a lock. You're inside of a great pyramid. Ornate carvings of giant snakes flank a beautiful golden throne. Either way, in hindsight, it's perhaps a mistake to give a potential system lord a lighted candle. Mm. Slaves who worship you as a god. You have great power over them. The power to decide who lives and who dies. No! Oh, that's done it. I will tell you nothing. Anna? Too late. <laughs> now what are you going to do, Daniel? Because you can't go in the room. Mm. <laughs> Anna, stop! All that work just being tore up. Here she goes. <laughs> Where's the key? Who's got the mm. key? Big fire. Nice. That looks actually rather dangerous for the actress. Well, I imagine she's not actually in there. You can force perspective a bit. Mm. Hey! She got out. Yes. Got exactly what she wanted. There's no way Daniel would let her burn. Why isn't he dead? Yeah, you'd think she'd kill him. If you see her, run. Okay. Where is she? She won't get far. All units, this is Agent Barrett. The female prisoner is currently unaccounted for. Secure all exits. Repeat, secure entire perimeter and begin a full sweep. Target is armed and dangerous. Use extreme caution. Yeah, that really worked last time when there were 30 out of them. Why don't you use the remote control? Hey? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, press it if you hear a scream. Hasn't he ever seen a horror movie? Where you walk down the open staircase. Yep. And that was Dan Shea doing the stunt work. Which is why it's so dark. It does help, doesn't it? <laughs> Did one of your devices just go bingly, bingly, beep? Yeah, that was my iPad telling me there was a tweet mentioning the gatecast. It was Colin replying to Michael. Yeah. I don't think she's acting as the ghoul. Daniel! 
It's hot. It's hot. I need my pills. The guard, played by Martin Novodny. Novodny. Been in True Justice, Dead Zone, Supernatural. Need a drink of water. Please, I'm... I'm not feeling 100%. Ah! Oh, my pills. <laughs> oh, clever. Use the guy's own taser against him. I think it's a deactivation code. <laughs> there you go, the sins remains. Make of it what you will. Major Carter, come in. What's your location? Agent Barrett? Let's face it, guys. What have you got to lose? Major Barrett, obviously. He asked Mandela to dinner, didn't he? Silly, silly boy. I know. Should have known better. Even if she is dating someone. Well, he, like I say, he didn't know that until after he asked her out. Let's face it, he's still reliving the time when when they both got blew up and he landed on her. Mm-hmm. Or oh, she landed on him. Attention. We are in the northeast corridor, level one. Oh, God, that was too easy. That was too easy. That's it. It's off. I mean, I mean, the, the light's turned off. That means it's off, right? Indeed. <laughs> Are you sure it's off? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> How do you know, Tilk? How can you be 100% sure? <laughs> Look at that. That expression, basically, you really think I'm going to touch that? Are we going to get an ironic actual heart attack here? That's loud footsteps, isn't it, when you're trying to escape? Yeah. Echoing in this cavernous corridors. Oop. Ha-ha. Drop the gun. Heard an echo there. Hannah. Drop it! She heard you coming from a mile off. Come with me if you want to live. Quite literally. That sounded very plasticky. It did a bit, didn't it? Come with me. Now. Lab. I will help you. It's an MP9, isn't it? You can't help me. I'm gonna shoot them. Whatever they've told you. It doesn't matter. I never believed you. Anna. I did it to help people. All the evil I have seen in my mind. Nothing you put inside me compares to what I see in you. Says a lot that does. You're not going to talk your way out of this. Oh, nice. And she's triggered the virus herself. Hmm. What did you do? You couldn't help me. I'm so sorry. I say, when you know you're going to suffer a terrible, painful death very, very soon. You're going to suffer a terrible, painful death even sooner? Well, that virus killed her within five or ten seconds, didn't it? Yes, but I can't imagine the toxin that Kemba used was exactly humane and painless. Oh, that's a slight, surprisingly bloody for a network show. <laughs> We've not really seen that much blood before, have we? It's rare. Even when you do see blood, it's not always the same shade as blood should be. Kind of get round the senses that way. That was referred to as the tunnel vision shot. <laughs> At least there wasn't a Hitchcock zoom. No, she actually didn't use that, did she? We see it quite often in the show. Maybe next time. That was Resurrection, Amanda Tapping directing, Michael Shanks writing. As we both said, it was a forgettable episode. Both forgot it. <laughs> yeah, 
the episode title alone wasn't enough to trigger our memories, and even the blurb wasn't. But uh, once I saw the arc, that mm. oh yeah, of course I know what. Happened. Hey, I got out the remote control. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Daniel Crest your cheek once again. Morning, or his Ephra lies a little way beyond his chest, dark red from multiple wounds. Yep, quite a few wounds. I mean, we heard the uh, machine gun go off on full automatic. And praise to her, the fact that she hit him. You know, sometimes you see people with uh, machine guns and the bullets go everywhere but where they're aiming. Oh, yes. I mean, if you want to actually kill some of the machine guns, the last weapon you should use, unless you can set it to single shot. Yeah. Although the ghoul personality was in control when she shot him. I don't think ghoul personality was in charge. I think that was Anna. Otherwise, killing him, there was no reason for her to kill herself. The ghoul would have tried to make the escape or do as much damage as possible. I think Anna killed him. Doesn't really matter either way. Not a terrible episode, though. No. Enjoyed watching it. That were uh, Resurrection next week. Inauguration. On his first day in office, President Hayes is briefed on the Stargate program. Vice President Kinsey immediately tries to convince the President to replace General Hammond in SG-1, assisted by investigator Richard Woolsey. The two try to persuade Hayes that SG-1 are not to be trusted. Woolsey has a change of heart about Kinsey and backtracks with the President, who remains non-committal. I tried to make it overdramatic, but there isn't much overdramatic in that. Well, no, it's very much a Talking Heads episode. But it's interesting that we'll meet the Commander-in-Chief who... Or is he the new Commander? He's the new Commander-in-Chief, isn't he? Yeah. Inauguration, yeah. And I get the impression of having read a couple of paragraphs of the transcript, it's a not-so-subtle analogue bush. He's like, Stan, who are these people following me? They work for you, Mr. President. Also, there's a storm in the Atlantic about to hit the coast of Maine. They're expecting gale force winds and 20 inches of snow. Come from. Did you hear that? How could you have possibly heard that? What, you doing the weather forecast? No, that was part of the transcript. Oh, right. That's from the from the script, next week's script. Mm-hmm. That's why I asked you, where did that come from? Just after you said that, the MGM logo had popped up and the line had roared loudly in my ear. Unfortunately, this was the only episode Amanda direct for SG-1. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about the uh, producers thought about her work. She did go on to direct three episodes of Sanctuary and she's currently working on Primeval New World. I don't know if you'd call it version of Primeval or an extension of Primeval. Either way, if you want to direct and write, do your own show. It is. Too, well, she did her own show and she only directed three times in, what, 86 episodes? I think the point is directing and acting at the same time, especially when you, the focus of an episode is tricky. Which is why she wasn't. Yeah. Flick through the inauguration transcript and there's a number of references to where the hell is Colonel O'Neill. Not another episode where he doesn't turn up. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I imagine he wasn't there for this one because it was the last episode of the season, so he said, I'm not coming in. <laughs> Yes, Mr. Producer. Come try If you want to get in touch with us, then you can email us gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. This address can also be used to send us voicemails in MP3 format. We are also on Twitter, at the Gatecast, which is one word, and we can be found on both Facebook and Google+. Do a search for The Gatecast. Our website is currently located at gatecast.co.uk, and you can also leave comments on there as well. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.